everybody and welcome to tailgate talks week 95 episode 139 and now dustin we are officially powered by guns up nation Ooh, that felt good to say uh, we'll get into that uh here shortly right before we get into a fun episode where we've got viva la cats a podcast uh coming on to discuss cincinnati looking to join the Big 12 in 2023. We'll get into uh, that discussion with them. But before all that, make sure you are following us. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Uh, follow us there. That's where the announcement was made. Uh, that's where we do most of our engagement there. So make sure you're following the Twitter account. If you want to follow our personal accounts, follow Dustin at DustinWimmer22. Follow myself at Calvin B. Barrett. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where we do post from time to time, not as much as we do on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel that's been popping off lately, getting uh, quite a bit of views on some of our videos. So make sure you're following us on YouTube. Uh, and most importantly, you got to follow us on Apple and on Spotify to catch up with what we're doing here weekly. Uh, rate us on Apple and Spotify. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that review. Lastly, if you got any questions, comments, or anything to add to the tailgate, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's get into this week's tailgate. We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Man, I've been waiting all my life to do that. Well, everybody, welcome to a new era of Tailgate Talks. Uh, if you missed it, Friday we announced with Guns Up Nation that we are joining their podcast network, joining the likes of uh, friends of the show like Ramblin' Raiders and Talkin' Tech, uh, as well as some of the other uh, in that podcast network like Sons Up, Guns Up. Of course, Guns Up Nation has their own podcast where they release interviews with some uh, student-athletes. There's also the Co Coach's Corner podcast with Lau Leung in that network. Dustin, am I missing any other? I think that I got them all covered there. Uh, but that is a pretty fire lineup of podcasts, and so we are really excited to be joining this podcast network. If you've been with us, we've kind of been, uh, this is like chapter three, I would say, uh, for Tailgate Talks. We had the original three when Arlie got us all together to do this podcast. Uh, we did that for over a year, and Arlie had to uh, step away, which began part two of this journey with me and Dustin leading you guys uh, each week in the tailgate. And now part three, where we find ourselves a part of a podcast network that covers Texas Tech sports. Uh, this is a really cool opportunity for us. We're really excited uh, to get to join this podcast network to uh, cover Texas Tech sports with people who enjoy what we're doing, enjoy what we're saying, and want to, you know, support us and help us reach our goals is pretty neat. And so, you know, for us, it's really exciting. This is a, uh, you know, Guns Up Nation. They are very forward thinking. They have big plans for not just us, but this Guns Up Nation podcast network. Uh, we're really happy to be a part of that. So Dustin, uh, just real quick, tell the listeners what this uh, means to you, man. Yeah, it's awesome. We just started this a couple years ago. Used to just hang out at the bar and do the same thing. 
we would be like, man, it'd be cool if we could record it and finally got into it. And we always just said, you know, we're never, never in it for the money and we're going to like sell out, whatever you want to call it. But if it can go somewhere and grow and grow and grow, we're just going to grow with it. And that's where we're at now. And, you know, get picked up by big time guns up nation, tech media company, tech focused media company. And, uh, there might be some different aspects to what we do in the fall and spring with, tech sports firing up we'll see kind of where it goes um you know we've kind of already changed and ditched the tailgate the nfl the nba talk which is fine you know you can get get that in tons of other places but hopefully we'll get you a lot of tech stuff we like to talk about we'll go out to some tailgates drink a few beers with you um that's what we're gonna kind of look forward to i think from here out yeah i just want to shout out everybody who's been uh with us for the journey so far um you know, that's been the cool thing about this is there are, you know, people who enjoy listening to what we've yeah. put out uh, since the beginning. Uh, there's been people riding with us since day one. And I know there's a lot of people who did l- listen to our tailgate stuff that might feel a little left out. And, uh, you know, we are sorry we did enjoy that part, but we love Texas Tech. We love this university. And that's where what we know the most about, man. We're plugged in. We're here. We're at yeah. the games. We're hearing all the talk. We're uh, and so we're just able to give our listeners uh, more info, more input and more emotion on that. And if you're new to the tailgate, you know, what you're getting with us is uh, just authentic Texas tech fans. We're never going to try to out expert you or sh- pretend like we know more than you yeah. or, or pretend like we have news to get you to follow us. We want you to follow us authentically. We want you uh, to feel like Dustin said, like we're your buddies at a bar. Uh, talking sports and that you can just uh, feel that emotion through us, whether we're happy or excited about an event, you're going to feel that if we're upset uh, with a loss or something, you're going to feel that too. We're just going to try to be as authentic as we can uh, every single week and make sure that like you're liking what you're getting when you come to the tailgate. We hope hope to pick up several more tailgate crashers along the way. Uh, If you're new to us, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy being here and we hope to have many tailgates here in podcast form and also in person uh as we join the guns up nation podcast network so wanted to update you guys on that but uh, we have a pretty exciting interview for you guys so we're gonna go ahead and switch things on over to that interview here with viva la cats well everybody we got ourselves another interview lined up for you guys we've gone through the entire a cast of new people coming to the Big 12. We've had UCF, we've had Houston, we've had BYU, and now we get to bring you Cincinnati through Viva La Cats. Uh, We've got Justin and Steve here with us tonight. Guys, how y'all doing? Doing good. Well, we're excited. We're excited to have the last school on. I know we've had some problems uh, getting you guys on. I know you're traveling. (laughs) Steve just moved out to Arizona, so we're all over the place here. Uh, but we're really excited about this interview. So first off, just a pretty simple question, Justin, uh, just tell us about uh, your podcast and how you are affiliated with Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'd speak a lot for Steve on this too, but um, our podcast actually started out of Barstool. Funnily enough, we ran, oh, really? our, uh, we were viceroys for um, our Barstool account and started up in I think 2017 about that okay. or so had a lot of, um, you know, had a lot of traction with that. And then, uh, we inevitably at some point just kind of split it off. And so now it's just Steve and I, and, um, 
we kind of, I think we started, started back up around like October last year, the Bearcats okay. hit three and we were like, all right, we, we've got to talk. Like, right. We, we keep having the conversation. We might as well uh, put it online. So, um, yeah. And yeah. as far as Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati born and bred, grew up okay. there. Um, my mom's worked at the university since I was like five years old. So like it's in my blood. I grew up on that campus right, and then ended yeah. up going to school there and graduating. So cool. Steve, how about you? Yeah, so uh, like he said, we started the Barstool page. We uh, we just started it up as like a thing for uh, friends to talk about just UC sports. And it happened to be the year that we started where UC got to number five in basketball, like that yeah. high in the rankings, and then rebooted, obviously, last year. So we're a bit of front runners, but, right. you know, we, we <laughs> talk, talk cats. And uh, like Justin, I'm born and raised. We're both uh, from the west side of the area, of the west Cincinnati area. All right. So, that's a big thing. Um, we'll talk to you more later about yeah. like Cincinnati stuff, but that's pretty big. Um, and then, you know, just uh, moved out to Arizona, but I've been going to UC games all my life. Like I worked for the team while I was at UC. Uh, my dad had season basketball tickets for a while. In the old days, since basketball was so good and football sucked, you had to buy uh, football season tickets to get basketball season tickets. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a little weird to see how much the roles have reversed right. where football is so much bigger than basketball right now. But you guys know as someone as a school who's been on both sides right. of that coin how it's weird to be good yeah. in both, but I I like it. I like yeah. being good in both right. sports. Yeah. Nice, sounds good. So a little tech history between Texas Tech and Cincinnati. Our football teams have only met once, surprisingly. Um one meeting there. Same with basketball and our, the football yeah. was a tie. So we're definitely <laughs> going to to fix that going from here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest football history between us is our coach left for you guys a handful of years ago when Tuberville oh, yeah. ditched a recruiting meeting to, to join Cincinnati. Uh, basketball, 0-1, lost to you guys in 68. It's like in baseball, no meeting. So pretty much no history between the Red Raiders and Cincinnati Bearcats. So, Not much for the red and black, right? Yeah. I think both. I think these are yeah. two schools in the country that, like, honestly, do red and black right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Steve, I'll kick this over to you. So, what do we need to know about Cincinnati? You're kind of getting that uh, at that in your answer. So, just kind of fill us in out here in West Texas. What do we need to know about Cincinnati, the town, and the university? So I would describe Cincinnati is the world's biggest little town. Like, so about uh, the metro area is about 2 million people consists of Southern Indiana, Northern Kentucky, and uh, the greater Cincinnati area. So there's a lot of people here, but there's a lot of people that are like, UC has grown a lot from like a diehard contingent into a pretty big following over the past 10, 15 years, just because of conference affiliation and just general success of our teams. Um, because there's a lot of Ohio State, Louisville, right. Indiana, Notre Dame. There's a lot of different other fan bases, bigger fan bases. But it's been cool to see how much this, the just the general Cincinnati fan base has grown recently. Um, definitely started in the early 90s with the rise of basketball. And then football over the past 10, 15 years has really gotten huge. Um, Cincinnati, like I said, it's a big little town. Like people don't ask where you went to college here. They went to, they ask you where you went to high school. Cause that's where right. yep. how localized everything is. Um, it's rare for 
uh, Justin and I both are not in Cincinnati, and then that's rare for us because a lot of people are born there, die there, like yeah. these fans from their yeah. lives. Um, I'd also say that it's pretty impressive for uh, uh, Cincinnati to have such a vibrant uh, like college team because we have professional right. sports such as the Reds and Bengals, and that's pretty uncommon for uh, colleges where they have – like Boston College, for example, right. there's no real vibe for the college teams. It's all the pro sports. Like Miami, it's a little bit, but I'd, I'd say it's pretty unique for Cincinnati to have that college town feel, even though there are the professional sports teams. Got you. Justin, you have anything to add on to that? Or? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, kind of just to bounce off of it, Steve made a lot of good points about that. I think it really is a little big town, right. honestly. It's People are so tight-knit, and it, it really, at the end of the day, is a diehard sports town. I mean, everybody, like, revolving around, you know, just uh, the, between the different colleges and then professionally, like, there's a lot of history there, too, um, which, and it's nice, too, that the Bengals are finally hitting their stride, right, and yeah. uh, they don't have their name as tarnished as it's yeah. always been. And actually, I speak for, I'll speak for Steve on this one, too. Our entire lives, up until literally this past year, we had never watched the Reds win a series or the Bengals win a playoff game, like yeah. never once. And so now that they've hit that, like, and and for the same year for the Bearcats to go to the college football playoff at the same time. Right. I was just about to ask, what was it like to have the Bearcats make the college football playoff? And then you have this crazy run to the Super Bowl where you're literally a play away from possibly winning it. <laughs> Constant high, like seriously, high. from the, from right. the point of like, I'd say November through February, I think Cincinnati fans were like standing on end for a long time. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of craziness going on. Um, I think the city would have burned down if we had uh, gotten oh, yeah. it. But, uh, you know, it was it was close. The, the Cotton Bowl hurt a little bit less than the Super Bowl did because yeah. it wasn't really that close, to be honest. Like, I've tried to realize, like, we were close, but yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, was a little bit closer. Um, Justin, you mentioned it just now. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati fans. Go in a little more and enlighten us. What are Cincinnati fans like, even with the hype of all this? And how's their like online presence as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cincinnati fans are very online. Cincinnati fans are very, yeah. uh, like I said, passionate. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that you're going to find with them. It's like, I. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I don't like saying this about Cincinnati fans, but, like, we're just like a lot of the other big fan bases where we're, like, yeah, we feel disrespected to a degree. But I think we've earned a lot of, like, the respect that we've got. I think we, like, talk about that. You know, you're going to hear plenty. You guys yeah. probably heard about it with UCF already, but, like, and kind of are getting a vibe with that. But, like, UCF always wants credit. We don't necessarily want credit. We just want, like, I think some amount of, like, respect and, like, people to understand that, like Cincinnati fans want people to realize just because we've played in the G5 for so long, we have a history with the Big East. We have a lot of history in our programs between basketball and now football too. Like, um, you know, Cincinnati fans care, and that's they live and die by the team. It's an emotional roller coaster from you know football all the way through basketball, even basketball more so because uh, so I think Steve really coined this term, uh, yeah. cardiac cats, and that has really hit its stride because in basketball season i mean like i said it's you you need an aspirin every you know third day of the week <laughs> and that's before y'all join the big 12 where it's uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be even worse 
Steve, what else you got to tell us about Cincinnati fans? Um, well, I would say that it's like an older fan base. You might not find as many people like on social media as you would find like UCF fans because they are like statistically the youngest alumni. Right. And um, hopefully, we're less annoying than them. I kind of like take that as a pride <laughs> that, like, I don't know if you all have seen it, but I, I swear there's at least one UCF fan yeah. every day that is bringing up the who's better, seventeen UCF or twenty one Cincy, and like. I, I, <laughs> because I don't want to be out here on these Twitter streets just right. yelling and cursing. Got better things to do. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, but it's just that's the kind of a fun part of having them join us in the Big 12 is that we already have a built-in rival with West Virginia just because of proximity right. and history. And then UCF, like, we, there's definitely something there. Like, I, I was able to go to Orlando uh, in 2018 for the their uh, appearance on college game day against the Bearcats, and it was yeah. real. Like they were giving us a lot of a lot of crap. So you know, like it was, it's something where now nowadays with conferences, a lot of people say it's manufactured and it's just a lot of arguing on the Twitter streets. But man, like people, like there's still animosity, especially when two teams are good. I think that's all you need for right. this conference is just yeah. a lot of us to be good and just hate each other. And that's what I'm gonna love about yeah. the Big Twelve. Every team cares. Like, I have never yeah. found a Tulsa fan to argue with in person. Or I didn't even know there are Tulsa fans. No fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? right? Even at their home games, there aren't Tulsa There's fans. There's still Oklahoma like, fans at heart. The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the week after we joined the Big 12, I made a joke. Uh, I run the UC Uniforms, like, tracker account I mean, just for fun. I made a joke about how Iowa State had copied off of our look for a week. And the mentions were flooded, dude. And oh, like, yeah. Usually, I'm used to getting away with just a benign right. joke about other people and not really getting anything. But, no, that's not a thing in the Big 12, and I love that. Yeah, Big 12 fan bases are very much on Twitter. Texas Tech fans, like, tread lightly. If you say one thing, somebody's going to find it, and then you're going to get buried. I don't – It's passed really I don't fast, know if y'all saw. wildfire. There are receipts. You keep receipts. We'll yeah. keep that in mind. Well, I was going to – that up actually with all the cactuses I've yes. been seeing on Texas <laughs> yeah. over the past week. Like, uh, oh, that was our whole episode last week. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Like, I follow Dallas Brady, and, and uh, he was he posted yeah, like a dancing, dancing cactus gift. Like, oh that's yeah, awesome man. And we mentioned that last week. We talked for twenty minutes on that whole, yeah. you know, whatever all happened. But the best thing about that, it went from we're about to gang up on this low-level TCU coach, and then, like, not even 12 hours later, it just became tech people rallying around tech. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even about yeah. that anymore. It was just rally the troops just for us and our own sake, and that was really cool to see. Yep, yep. So, Justin, we'll kind of kick this over to you. We're talking about the Big 12. What does joining the Big 12 mean for Cincinnati, for you personally? Like, what what is this meant for you? Yeah, um, I think it's – uh, redemption for the uh, the bowels of Mike Bones' mistakes uh, <laughs> and the original attempt at joining the Big Twelve, right. but not really. I think that was more of the Big Twelve than anybody. But um, yeah, yeah. ultimately, I think, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, I think the way that I see it, like it's it's a way to finally like play against the highest level uh, highest level competition and not be questioned. Right. Um, you know, if, if Cincy wins the Big 12, 
nobody can argue, especially like, you know, just, I think a lot of people look at the big 12 as like the, you know, sort of the, at least for the sec and the big 10, they look at it as like sort of the, you know, little brother conference, but ultimately like the big 12, I mean, basketball, you're not going to be able to touch basketball. Maybe the, maybe the big East, but like, you know, it's just so strong. And I think for us, it's just nice to finally be in that. And like Steve said earlier, our biggest thing, we want to see other fan bases that care. We're so tired of playing against fan bases that don't care. Like Temple, my God, like nobody shows up for anything, for football, for basketball, anything. And it's like we play them, you know, generally right. twice a year. And so to, to play teams like that, I think we've just gotten so tired of it. And we're ready for like other fan bases that really show up. And we want to play in packed houses. We want to be in those environments every week. We want to play ranked teams six times a year instead of, you know, maybe one or two um, because of the perception of conferences. You know, I think that's a huge thing for us. Yeah, Steve, uh, your your reaction to Cincinnati being the Big 12 and kind of what that, that means for you. Man, I was worried when I read an, uh, like an article saying, like, you know, it might be Boise State, it might not be UC. Like, it's been years and <laughs> right. years. Um, it's actually been, like, you know, there's been uh, opportunities for us to be accepted but before, but we've either not had the facilities ready or we decided to stay on with the Big East, even though that was obviously falling back in right. 2010, 2011. So just for us yeah. to be involved with, like, with a place we feel we've been on and maybe I'm talking out of school when I say that, but I feel like we've had the budget. We've had the, like the level of care that you need from alumni and from just general fans. I feel like we've been on a level of a power five school for, you know, just ever since we left the big East, like we, I feel like it's been on that same level. And I, it just, like I said, the, the fan bases, the passion, uh, just not having to play in like 4,000 seat gyms right. anymore yeah. in basketball or like, you know, like there's 50 and 60,000 seat stadiums for every school mm-hmm. in the Big 12. And I also said before, like, it's just a group of schools that cares. And, and like Justin said, it's just hard to get up a, as a fan for games right. when, you know, the other team doesn't care and they might have 2,000 people in the building and, you know, it's a, uh, it looks more embarrassing to you if you lose those games. And just from the standpoint of we got left out kind of the last time and, you know, 2016 was kind of a mirage that never really happened. Um, I blame Texas and Oklahoma for that. And I'm sure we can yeah. talk about how you feel about them. We all do. But um, like, I, I don't know. I just, just getting to watch after joining the, oh, after we officially were announced, like, just seeing some of the environments this year, like I think Texas Tech had two of the bigger environments that I can think of, of the two games that y'all had against Texas in basketball this year, yeah. where yeah. took over Austin and then uh, at home at the United uh, Supermarkets Arena, where it was just a bear pit for Chris yeah. Beard to walk in. Yeah. And then that three game baseball series against Texas, Texas too. Like that was just awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, I think nice. another thing, I'm a baseball guy. I love the Reds, and, like, I've, I've been getting into college baseball recently, and just, like, the environment that Texas Tech has for baseball, I want to bring some of that environment to UC and just, like, you know, just how people do baseball in the Big 12. is so so cool to me. Yeah, you make good points there. Like, when you're good at college baseball, it's a really fun environment. Like, this is something that we've been good at since, you know, 2014, 
And we put ourselves on like a ticket waiting list in 2015 and we still haven't had a chance to get <laughs> season yeah. tickets yet. It's just like, it's always packed, but anytime you bring Texas here, yeah, it's going to be absolutely wild. Uh, the yeah. only team that you're going to have to deal with that doesn't really care is Kansas football. That's the only one that will feel yeah. like Tulsa <laughs> will feel like temple. Yeah. They, they don't show up. They don't care about it, but basketball complete opposite. Cause they are yeah. all in on that shit. That's crazy. Hey, so I wanted to follow up, and I'll start with you, Steven, on the conference stuff. Since last year, y'all got announced coming to the Big 12 in this new expansion. Now that there's a new shuffle of expansion with Big 10 expanding at UCLA and USC, and you guys are right in the heart, Cincinnati, right in the heart of Big 10 country, is there any regrets of jumping in with the Big 12 too soon, or maybe you could have got with the Big 10? Um, was that ever floated out there? And then kind of follow up to that, like what – what do you hope kind of maybe happens with this realignment? So uh, I'll give you a quote. This is from 2010. This was a former uh, uh, president, Ohio State president, who's now the president at West Virginia, Gordon Gee. Uh, he brought up a quote in a, like a closed boardroom meeting that said, uh, UC would have to shoot athletic director Gene Smith to let, uh, to get into the big Ten." And like, so there's like, uh, that's another that's thing. hatred there. Yeah, so so there's a persecution syndrome of UC fans with Ohio State, and we were fighting it all last year too when we were a, a better team than them. But um, I, it's also just been at like the state level, state government level. Like they're always the, the favorite child; they get all the special stuff, and we've kind of had to just call our way through on our own. Um, so you know what? I'm I don't want to be involved with them. Like we've been rebuffed by them so many times, and. I'm good on them. Like, I don't really want to deal with Ohio State people. I think it's smart, honestly, that the Big 12 decided to come into the Ohio market and really challenge, uh, like, you know, SEC and Big 10 country because, like, like I said, there's a, a passionate fan base here for UC sports. And, like, there's a, a TV market, too. Like, there's some people that I know that are definitely both fans of Ohio State and UC. And, you know, because they thought, okay, well – UC's in a smaller conference, Ohio State's in the Big Ten. I can be fans of both because they'll never meet up. Well, now it's the level playing field. Like, we're both yeah. five. Obviously, they got a big, bigger stadium, a lot more money. But it, now I want to see people choose their allegiances and choose the Bearcats because right. you can't be a fan of both. Like, it's you, you can't now. Like, Weird. now that excuse is yeah, – Yeah, Justin, same question to you. Like, what are – or I guess more on the conference realignment this go around, what are your hopes and, and, and dreams for the new big 12 and what they do here, this conference realignment? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I'm really, I would love to see, and you're speaking specifically to like adding extra teams now that we're kind of. Right. Yeah. Like, big 12. yeah. Cause our, our opinion is we are now in an advantageous spot, right? Like we've added right. four new schools that are going to, only enhanced the big 12 and we're sitting yeah. here where the pac 12 is in the same situation we were last year and now we have a new commissioner let's like we're, we right. think we just got to go destroy the pac 12 you know right yeah well and honestly like the way i see it like classic big stick policy go in take everybody's exactly. you know head off yeah like if you if you can if you can take out the big t or the pac 12 just do it. I yeah. mean, if you could take Utah, if you could take Arizona, Arizona State, basketball-wise, I mean, that's a home run oh, there. And yeah. if you can manage to swing, maybe Oregon or Washington, I don't know what their whole debacle is still. And I think I think one, 
Utah is really interesting to me. What I'm kind of gathering is that they have a much, um, they have a, they have pretty big egos, yeah. at least that I'm gathering, and like they think yeah. that like Utah is a much bigger program than they are, just because they had one good Rose Bowl game against yeah. Ohio State. All these, if you take that out of factor, school's problem right now. Yeah, it's it's they. I think all of their egos have been inflated for so long, and now they look at everything else and like, I mean, to be fair, like. If Oregon never beat Ohio State last year, Pac-12 isn't in the conversation at all. Yeah. Like, and that's the only reason that Oregon stuck around for so long. And again, if anything has been proven with Pac-12, I thought the American was the most cannibalistic conference. It's the Pac-12. It because every single time they have a great runner, somebody who could maybe slip into the CFP, and then they have another team that just eats them up yeah. right at the end when all and takes all the steam out from their engine. And I don't know. Like, I would really love us love to see the Big 12 swoop in grab you know grab those you know sort of four corner states and work in there um but ultimately like if they don't get added i think the big 12 is super strong as is yeah and like if they get absorbed into the mountain west or the pac 12 stays like into the pac 8 or something like that you know so be it they're screwed they're sinking ship like you can the way i see it we can throw out the life vests right now you can either grab on or get left behind and i mean personally i they can do what they want, but I really think that like the Big Twelve as it is is set. I really do. And if I can add to that yeah, real quick, ahead. like just from a business standpoint, like we have the four time zones. Yes. Like Arizona yeah. is going to be fully, like if you added Arizona to, they would be fully Pacific time. So like you would have the four coveted time zones that these like ESPN and Fox yeah. want. Yeah. So like that would be a truly national conference and. I think it would just be so huge for the Big 12 in basketball, but and then you keep using basketball to upgrade your profile in football. And I think what's going to happen with the power conferences is that they're going to cannibalize each other oh, yeah. a lot in conference play. And you know, if there's one team from the Big 12 that rises to the top and goes undefeated, they're going to get involved in the uh, college football playoff conversation every year. And like I think it's going to be give us that much more credit to say there's. Obviously, there's a tougher league, and it's going to look better for someone to go 12 and 0 instead of like you know nine and three, eight and four. And I, I I would love for the Big 12 to just say, you know what, we're taking over, we're adding everybody, and just making their own thing. And because the Pac-12 and Big 12 uh, merger talks ended right. last week, and so I think they should yeah. just go for the fell swoop yeah. right now. Maybe even add like San Diego State if you want, and or if not, you know just. Stay to the pre-established Pac-10 schools and just just try to, to end it there and make yourself number three, the clear number three. Yeah, I, I if I'm a Pac-12 school, I don't know why they have these big egos. Like right now, you have you have no throne to sit on. Like if yeah. I'm Arizona, Arizona State, I would be taking that life vote that you're throwing, life vest or whatever that you're throwing at me immediately. I don't know why there's so much hesitation from these schools. It feels like it's the best opportunity for them to maintain relevance but uh let's kind of get into the sports side of things here uh in the big 12 so uh knowing that y'all coming off an epic football season uh making it to the college football playoff the first non-power five school to do so uh, and like you said it wasn't necessarily close to alabama but i thought y'all hung in there with them uh better than some teams heck in the sec could so uh, Justin, I just kind of want to know what that whole experience was like, what that season was like as a Tech fan. Like, we've had one really good football year my entire life. So, 
it's hard to really relate to anything like this. So what was it like? What was kind of the afterthoughts after that game was over? Was there any discouragement? I think Steve kind of said earlier that it wasn't as bad as the Bengals Super Bowl loss. It, it was something that you could kind of look positively back on. So just kind of run us through all of that because it was pretty cool to watch from you're, the outside. You're talking this season as a whole or more so just that game. Let's start with that Sorry. game. Let's start with that game. That game, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that game for us was we just wanted to finally have that resume piece that says, like, you yeah. know, uh, Cincinnati can back up all of our talk. Like, we can finally do that. And, and to a degree, like, there's, there's so many ceilings in college football. And, like, to finally kind of crack through that. Right. And, again, this is where a lot of, like, the UCF fans are like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, we started this conversation and you guys just got the benefit. But I think that's one of those things for us where, like, it really does at the end of the day come down to, like, we finally did it. We're the first G5 program to do it. Like, it yeah. is historic in that fashion. And even so, like, if you look even back to the BCS, like, teams in this same kind of conversation that aren't SEC, that aren't Big Ten, that aren't, um, you know, ACC or Big East even back then, like a lot of those other teams like didn't really have those opportunities. They've gotten close, but they never just had that opportunity. So to be there and be able to like really just take all that in as like a fan base and say like, we made it. Like even if if we didn't win, we could honestly, we could have lost by another 20 points in that game and I would have still been happy. Like it sucks. Because you want to you want to show out on that game, but I think at the end of the day, like we hit our goal, but you know to the same point, we're not going to be satisfied with that either. We want to win that game. So yeah, so Steve, I kind of want to like expand on that a little bit. So y'all make the college football playoff, y'all have this season here, and then you join the Big Twelve in twenty twenty three. So from a football standpoint, how are y'all feeling about this season, and what are y'all's expectations for the football program? Uh, when y'all enter the the conference in 2023, y'all are expecting another solid year this year and then expecting to be there right at the top of the Big 12 uh, in that first season. Just kind of what y'all's uh, thoughts on all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not because this year we thought that the conference might give us a really hard schedule to send us off and say, you know, it sucks to be you guys. Like, here's all these hard teams away, but – we got a pretty cake conference schedule. Um, obviously, the non-conference is a little bit tough starting on the road at Arkansas. Yeah. But uh, we play Kennesaw State, Indiana, and a traditional rivalry game against Mac Miami. Uh, so, like, it just it's like that's it's twelve winnable games, and for a team that returns a lot of production, even though we lost a lot, we still didn't lose as much as we thought we were going right. to. Like, we still have. Uh, a really good tight end room. We have uh, really good uh, running backs. We've got a transfer from LSU who is from Cincinnati and came home. Um, and then we have a quarterback battle between uh, a guy who's our highest rated offensive recruit in uh, program history and a guy who was another highly rated quarterback recruit left for a year to play at Eastern Michigan and is now back. So it's a battle between them. And there's a lot of talk about we won't know who's going to start until – that Arkansas game, and uh, as a fan, that's yeah, not right. as fun because I'm like, yeah. kind of need yeah, to we're know in the same that. situation right. here. <laughs> yeah, it's anything's better than Brian Kelly throwing three different QBs out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that's so <laughs> off of football, mostly kind of. I mean, what other sports do y'all see being 
ready to go, even women's sports included. I mean, I know y'all have historically a really good basketball program, especially under like Nick Cronin, y'all are really good. And now Wes Miller taking over. What do y'all expect basketball to do in any, any other sports that can come in and be good? Um, so, Justin, I'll start real quick. I'll hand it off to you. Um, yeah, like, I think football can definitely be competitive yeah. from day one. Like, I think the recruiting shows for itself that it, he's been able – Luke Luke Fickle has been able to recruit yeah. kind of on a similar level. And, um, obviously, now that Cincinnati is in the Big 12, some schools like maybe uh, Iowa State or Kansas, Kansas State, they're going to want to come into our backyard yeah. and try to get some of those same players, you know, because – Luke Fickle has shown there's a lot of talent in, in this area here. So um, the, the competition is just going to be that much harder. And I think the football program is ready for that. Basketball, on the other hand, we're, we're still working yeah. on that one. Uh, we're, we're building back up. Um, we had a coach for a couple of years who kind of um, nicely he tanked the program. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have yeah. some bad words to say about it. But, uh, you know, it, so, but other than that, like, you know, baseball's gotten a lot better. We had our first uh, – NCAA tournament appearance in 2019 in about 40 years. Um, women's sports are definitely like not our strong suit, but we're getting there. Um, I think just a, uh, having a bigger conference and just elevated uh, platform can really help us out in everything. But football can definitely be, I think football will be our best sport as we enter. And then we'll just have to build up on everything else. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think Honestly, like football is one of those things where I'm trying to manage my expectations more than anything. Um, and I think, you know, we yeah. walk in and we say like, we can, we can handle some teams. And I think there's a lot of teams that are going to give us a run for our money. And I think there's a lot of teams that normally we would think probably wouldn't trip us up that probably will. Um, I, I still right. see like, I, I think it's impossible for, for the Bearcats to not win at least like eight games in the first season, eight, seven. We'll say seven. Like, I really don't see that being an issue. It depends on what our schedule ends up being. It depends on what we've got away at home. Yeah, right. um, I yeah. will say, like, one thing that I think is a huge thing that I really want to see us do is, like, perform well in those, like, loud environments because the Bearcats haven't had a whole lot of exposure to that. Obviously, as I'm sure you guys saw plenty of, we pieced out Notre Dame in their own stadium. That was a yeah. very awesome Epic. moment yeah. as a fan base. Yeah. But I think that's one of those things is, like, we know that we can play at that level. It's just we need kind of to prove it to ourselves. And I think just having more opportunities to play in those packed, you know, packed stadiums, you've got, uh, you know, you've got that week after week after week after week throughout the season. I right. think that is just only going to build the program better. And honestly, with the way Luke Fickle is, like, he's got that dog in him. Like, <laughs> he's going to go out. Yeah. He's going to recruit. He's going to get everybody that he needs on that squad to compete at the highest level in the Big 12. And I really think that football is going to take its stride. Basketball, I'm concerned about. <laughs> and it's it's concerned about in a healthy concern because I fully believe in the West Miller system right now. I really do. My concern is just that we haven't had enough time to build that momentum here. Hopefully this season will go really well yeah. and we can transition that. But I think that we haven't had quite enough time with West and that whole system under the belt to then walk into the Big 12 which will be the best basketball conference in the country and, you know, be able to compete right away. It's going to be tough. It really is like it's, and again, like we said, we're not going to have the 3000 seat gyms. We're not going to have the, you know, high school level gyms, fancy high school level gyms. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a packed raucous environment every single week. 
so we got to be ready for that. Yeah. I think that's my favorite question or uh, that every single podcast we've had on is all just kind of nervous about basketball. They're yeah. Like, yeah, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. And we're just kind of like laughing over here. Cause I mean, we go through it every year and even though tech's been good, like, like you said earlier, it is stressful as hell every yeah. single week. You got, you know, Texas at home, which is stressful. Then you go to Kansas and then you turn around and you play Baylor. And then, you, you know, it's just in every arena is 10, 15,000 people packed every single night. Uh, there's no nights off. So it is a uh, rightfully, you know, good feelings to be nervous about that. Yeah. So uh, big 12 teams that you kind of are looking forward to this. Is, uh, another question I like asking you talk about all these stadiums and these fan bases and stuff like that. So Justin, what are some of the, teams that you're looking forward to facing uh, first and then maybe some places that you're kind of looking forward to travel uh, with the big 12 as it will be in 2023. So you still have the opportunity to throw in Texas and Oklahoma in this question, if you like to. Yeah. Um, definitely would love to see the Bearcats play uh, Texas, or Oklahoma, of course. Um, that was just, that's one of those things where if you've got the opportunity, just take it. Um, but I think, a lot of us fans have been waiting a long time to kick some West Virginia ass again. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been waiting for that for so long. I think that'll be circled. That's yeah. It's, it's, that's a huge checkpoint for us just because, you know, and on top of that too, I'm sure you guys have probably been familiar with like Bob Hubbard, Bob Hubbins, Bob Huggins yeah. passed with Cincinnati, like basketball, mm -hmm. yeah. that'd be huge. So like, it's, it's a tough football rivalry. And that was, you know, a big thing for us for a long time to so being able to play them. And then I think too, like personally, I want to see us play. Like I want to see Iowa state. Like I've always watched Iowa state kind of from a distance and like just watching their, how their, you know, fan base cares, especially like with basketball too. Like that is one of the right, hardest yeah. arenas to walk in Kansas. I mean, you, nobody can touch Kansas on basketball, but no. like when it comes to environments like that, I really think that they kind of push the edge. And I'm excited for that. And actually, um, I, so I just accepted a new job today, funnily enough, where I'll be moving to Nashville. So I'll be a little bit closer to oh, some more of those right, teams man. than from Michigan yeah. where I'm at currently. Thank you. Um, but it'll be, it'll be cool. And like, I can go, you know, see Vanderbilt get absolutely demolished by every team in the SEC if I want yeah. to. So. <laughs> you want to go to Vanderbilt baseball games. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> Only thing worth it. Yeah. Steve, Steve, that same question to you. Like, what are some Big 12 teams that you uh, got circled? We know we've already said West Virginia, UCF on there. Are there any other ones that you're kind of looking forward to and places like you talked about earlier before we started this about, you know, coming out to Lubbock or anything you got circled on that front? Well, I got to pander to you guys for having us on. Yeah. You know, I got to come see the tortillas. I mean, yeah. Come uh, <laughs> see us throw some tortillas, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, uh, my brother and I already have a pack that the first Big Twelve road game, whatever nice. it is, we're going. So go. um, I have uh, all of them circled and uh, figured out. So, um, but I do, I I do want to come to Texas Tech to see the tortillas. I think that's such an interesting right. tra tradition. Um, like Baylor on TV seems to have a pretty cool football stadium, um, and like so, I would like to like go see that and uh, maybe meet Chip and Joanna Gaines when I'm there. Um, and, like, uh, I'm, uh, we, we actually played BYU, uh, one year when I worked for the football team and I didn't get to go on that trip. And it just looks like such a cool right. place to play a game with the mountains in the background and stuff. So, um, but, but definitely like any, 
like I said, any of those schools, our first road game, my brother and I are signed up. We're ready yeah. to go. So we just. Wait, but what about Kansas? What if Kansas don't do that? Don't do it. <laughs> you know, skip it and just be like, oh, I missed that one. Uh, well, I thought that was a non-conference. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to do that. I mean, you'll get a great seat if you go, though. I mean, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I could probably, like, get on the field and you know, just walk right on. And be like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here. You know, like, no one's going to stop oh. So quick, funny story for you guys. We, we, we were playing uh, Missouri in like 2006. And so me and my dad, we had an RV when I was growing up, we'd go to a lot of road games. So we traveled on up to Missouri. We stopped in Lawrence on our way there because my dad wanted to go see Fog Allen. We tried to get into a practice, but it was close practice. So whatever, we drove over to the football field. No security or anything. We walked right onto the 50-yard line, took a couple pictures, walked right out. Like, they, they do not care about that place whatsoever. <laughs> Actually, this is – well, I don't know if Steve might be saying the same thing here, but this is one thing about Cincinnati that you guys can know too um, that I'm concerned about with the Big 12 is right. Nipper Stadium for us has always been an open stadium. It's oh, it dead does. center of campus, and that's one real cool thing. Like, you know, I don't know if we might get to, but um, – you know, it's, it's dead center campus. Everybody gravitates towards that. Everybody floods in. But because it's so central, getting from classes, like, it's it, – you're, if you're on an X of anywhere, living in a dorm or across across campus, you have to pass through the stadium. So, like, okay. people are in there working out all the time. People are out just, you know, playing soccer, playing baseball, like, in the stadium. Like, Nippert is always an open thing. And I do have somewhat of a fear that when we hit the Big 12, they're going to try to close it off. And I really hope they don't because it's a really cool – like part of just the campus. That's interesting to hear. I've never heard that, especially with a university and a program like as big as Cincinnati is. That's interesting. It's like a wreck yeah. field in the middle of the day. Well, and actually, funnily enough, the only time that it was closed off is when FC Cincinnati played there. <laughs> yeah. So you got soccer and that closest down the stadium, but not for <laughs> anything for football. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kind of, we've hit a lot of rivalries coming up. I'm going to kind of tweak this question to be, we mentioned it kind of when we started do you think there could be a little red and black rivalry between us and you guys that could form out of all this? Just little, you know, same colors. Both of them look good. You have a history stealing our coach one year. What do you guys think about that might happen? Uh, okay, real quick, though, be honest. Did you really want him still? No. God, no. Yeah. No, we just needed how he left. He left in the middle of a recruiting dinner. The kid was still at the table. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> It was bad. I'm, I'm not here to defend right. Tommy Tuberville. Uh, no. His tenure wasn't really that great either here. Um, but I'm well. You guys got Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury for a while, and you know, that was that was pretty fun. Pat Mahomes couldn't, couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Couldn't win with one of the best NFL quarterbacks. We we went like five and seven. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you know now uh, Kelsey and Mahomes are together yeah. um, in. Like there, there might be a little bit of something oh, there. Like, yeah, the nice. best friend ball. Yeah. I, I want to see how like basketball goes because like for for whatever reason, like we definitely are like you know obviously like we it's kind of like a thing for football where you know you gotta not play hard against your conference. But I think our basketball teams play a similar style of like a lot of defense and you know like, like kind of get in there and get chippy. Like just from watching Texas Tech. This Last year and over the years, like that's kind of like oh, what you guys kind of pride yourselves on, and I I could see it definitely being like a this guy elbowed me 
wrong, like, you know, just getting their each other's faces a little bit. Like, I could definitely see it. And then, like, I don't know, I, I might make a stupid joke about how uh, we, we've always worn red and black. You guys have just, like, copied it over the year. I don't know. So <laughs> just, like, if you see something dumb yeah. from a uniform account with bounty on it, that's me. So I'm just – Y'all got to – No, you got to watch out for Oklahoma State because they just steal everything we do. So they might – mix up who's the red and black team and just start stealing stuff from you guys. <laughs> yeah, like steal your horse? Like didn't they yeah. steal like, the horse? And our time. Yep. Well, the horse nope. is still a guns up symbol. Yeah, so if y'all ever see like yeah. a tweet that's calling them Xerox U, that's why, because they just copy everything. Yeah. And they claim it's, <laughs> it's they claim that they're the that's ones perfect. who discovered it, but you can look it up on Google and everything that we have we did before yes. them. They just did it like ten years later. Um, so I love it. So, yeah, yeah, we call them Xerox U. Uh, so, <laughs> so obviously we're tailgate talks here. We love a good tailgate scene. So Justin, what's a, what's it like tailgating, uh, for Cincinnati? You said that, you know, this stadium's kind of yeah. central. So what's the tailgating scene out there? Are there any interesting, uh, food items that you might come across? Any interesting tailgating games that are kind of unique to Cincinnati? Just kind of Fill us in on what it'd be like if we come out for a game, uh, what that tailgating scene is going to be. Yeah, definitely. I want Steve to help me on this too, because we've got a little, there's, there's a lot of things you could throw out there, but yeah, um, love that. yeah, Sigma Commons is like the big area next to uh, what's now like the Lender Business Center, right next to the stadium, right next to the rec center. A lot of people come out there, try to fill it up and they have, it's called the catwalk, the whole team walks through there, um, which is really cool, you know, just to kind of get there, you see everybody walk through and, um, I think, you know, to a degree, a lot of schools do that, but, um, you know, it's nice just to see them all come through all right. dressed up and then, you know, get ready to go. Um, and I think, you know, at, at another point too, there's actually, I'm trying to remember what they're calling it now. Uh, I think it's like Bearcat Bash or something, um, that they're starting up, uh, in, on Jefferson street, which is just a couple of blocks up that they're going to be doing, um, with a couple of the other, um, local like radio personalities. And then, so they're going to start another thing up there, which would be sweet. Like we could spread that out. Um, right. Cincinnati is kind of like the, the campus is a big square. And like, that's why I'm saying like the, the football stadium is literally like the exact center of it. And so like people come from all different sides of that campus because you got bars up here, you got the frats down here, you've got all the other bars on this side. And then, well, then you have the Netflix, but, <laughs> um, right. you know, it, it's one of those things where like everybody kind of just migrates in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're talking tailgate foods, you're going to see a lot of Skyline chili. Don't know how much you guys know about that. You've probably heard the infamous tales of it, but trust me, man, it's, you gotta try it. You have to don't knock it before you try it. All right. Will not. I will not. We've listened to a lot of part of my take and they, uh, you know, love talking about Skyline chili. Yeah. Yeah. They hate it so much. They like it. Yeah. Skyline will be involved. Uh, Cincinnati's kind of got like a low-key good like IPA like craft beer scene, so that might be involved, of course. You know, a few libations, but um, I'm sure you guys know. Uh, do you call it cornhole or do you call cornhole, it bags? Yes. Cornhole. Okay. So there's like a. I, I don't know if this is us just taking credit for something that was more well known, but there's a theory that cornhole actually started in Cincinnati back in the day and spread from there. So. Cornhole's the big one for sure. Obviously, you got your table game, 
beer pongs, dies. Like there's a, a our the guy who's running the Barstool account now. He had a big like a, a send in your die table and we'll feature it. And like I swear everybody's switching now from pong tables to die tables. So yeah. that's a big one for sure. Um, but then like I I would say like you know like the skyline dip is for sure a big thing. But uh, you ever you guys ever tried like you know what hanky panky is? Oh, yeah. no. uh, only the version that you're probably not talking about. Hanky panky is like it's a better version of hamburger helper, but okay, in a yeah, dish, yeah. and you like you just like eat it with like you know chips or bread, and then it's um, like breakfast sauce. One of our other, okay, yeah, yeah. Another thing we have too, if it's like a morning game, people will make getta. That's another Cincinnati oh. thing. It's like, uh, like it's like a sausage that has pork and oats and spices kind of all mixed mixed in together. You all just right. make it in the crock pot for the game, and then you like put it on the grill. It's perfect for like a get an egg and cheese sandwich. Like it's it sounds weird uh, to have like oats in it, but man, like the it's it's good. I promise. Right, it's yeah. it's no like uh, barbecue. And Justin's or reaction it's, when you said that, <laughs> I think yeah. sold it for me. Get it's get as like I mean some some people. I think it's in the same respect as Skyline. Like most the majority of people who grow up in Cincinnati like grow up loving those foods and eating them. Right. But I think like. You know, for the next degree up, like if you love Skyline, you love Skyline. Like you're there all the time. Right. Like Steve and I used to meet up at our local one because, you know, we lived pretty close to each other. On a, um, uh, one was like right in between us. Uh, but like with Geta too, like that's just a, it's like a tradition kind of food. Right. And one thing for you guys to keep out in mind too, uh, look around for Oktoberfest. Maybe there's going to be some type of crossover uh, weekend somewhere in there. Uh, if yeah. you guys can get out to it, Oktoberfest is one of the coolest things that Cincinnati has. A lot of tradition. You get a lot of people out there and good eating. So if you can catch that yeah. in the middle of football season for like an away game, I'm telling you, that is the time to go to Cincinnati. So we got to hope the Big 12 schedule us uh, in October. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Hey, so I had a follow-up. I was looking up some Nipper Stadium stuff since y'all mentioned it. Um, and I'll go to you, Justin, since you were kind of talking about it being middle of campus and all that. I see we got about 40,000 seat capacity there. Um, are there any plans of boosters or alumni like to get some expansion there coming to the big 12? I think if anything that's going to happen, it's going to be more club seating. I mean, Steve and I have had this conversation back and forth. I think a lot of people have kind of talked about it. Um, it's sort of the idea of that, you know, um, expanding your, uh, revenue on it and like making sure like your seats have more like high quality payment going into them versus just expanding like bleacher seating. Um, well, I mean, you you could fill a lot of people in there. I think it's going to get a lot better when the Big 12 is there. Like, we don't have a problem selling out Nippert Stadium. I mean, it's right. especially since Luke Fickle stepped in. I mean, there was a point in time where, like, it was getting kind of scraggly in Nippert. And once Luke Fickle really turned this program around, I mean, it is a packed house every single game. Um, and I, I think they could afford to expand it. The problem is, is that uh, the CCM building, which sits directly center, if you guys ever see those pictures of Nippert, there's that kind yeah. of cutout in the back. That building mm -hmm. has been there for literally since Nippert was built. And so trying to – you can't move that. You can't cover right. it up. It's sacred to the stadium. And so, like, it's it really hard. It's really to, cool. That. Yeah. It, it's, but it's tough because you don't know exactly where to expand uh, right. seating. In 2015, yeah. they did um, a full renovation. We played a season in Paul Brown. Um, but they did a press box renovation because it literally was like, 
essentially like a high school press box sitting on top of the stadium. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you get what you see now. But uh, now, I think yeah. maybe a triple deck would be the next closest thing to like really expanding it out. But I don't know if they ever do that personally. I think they might if there's the demand. The other idea is that um, I don't know if y'all saw how uh, Texas has its off-center uh, Longhorn in the middle of that big seating area behind the one end zone. Uh, I, I laughed about that. That was funny. But uh, so right now behind the the north yeah. end zone, um, there's like a, a bleacher setting, and then right behind there is our rec center. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I'm thinking okay. if like they really wanted to make that a big like seating area with a lot of like club sections and like trying to like add 10,000 that's probably the only place you could do it and they're like i think eventually they're gonna want to do that and like you know just because you could definitely sell a lot of seats in that area there's a lot of people who sit there who are just like you know just sitting in bleachers and they would rather like sit in chairs and stuff you know and like or just have some kind of like club area or suite up there so that's probably the only place where like you could add on but since it's like a existing campus it's just kind of hard to add on like just build stuff because you know people gotta yeah. walk around it or you just gotta close stuff off and right. that that's the only problem with having it in the middle of campus um they there are some talks to like maybe bring um like a couple of the big like conference games to like if it's like a highly ranked matchup go down to paul brown stadium but i've always hated that just because it's not the same and like you know with, yeah. right you lose that feel that college atmosphere fear yeah feel yeah yeah and it's just it's just not the same you know so but i i don't i would put the chances of it at like a 40 percent chance like because they'll there's definitely some interest with like expanding yeah. and like joining the big 12 getting into a bigger conference and with the profile of the football program expanding but it's just like campus space just to talk about money and like yeah honestly now like there's right not that this is a problem with like p5 football you know but there's a lot of programs that are just like cutting down on seats to just try and like, you know, like make it look more full on TV just because they're not getting like 25 people, 30,000 yeah. people there every week. But not, right. Not us. Definitely not us. Yeah. That's, that's somebody. Not us. Kansas. Right, yeah. Kansas <laughs> is doing that. Other people. Kansas. Yeah. They it still is, have yeah. like a grass seating in one of the end zones that people just sit a blanket out and just have a picnic <laughs> watching the football game. Yeah. Like I don't even think that's part of the stadium, honestly. I don't even know. Like it just looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of there. Um. So yeah, thanks for let me throw that in there. But do y'all have any questions for us? We've kind of hit a little bit of tech football and basketball here and there, but not really letting us dive into it. Do y'all have anything specific for us on Texas Tech? Um. I guess if I had a question, it would be, uh, why should we fear Texas Tech? Well, football wise, we're making a big turn. I'll tell you that. So the last yeah. 10 years, we've been very mediocre or less. Um, Total Real helped start that trend. So it's been very mediocre or less, but now we got a new head coach who has really rounded up the fan base and the, the players, and our, our recruiting is better than it's ever been um, with him. He's put a great staff together um, for on the field and recruiting-wise. So that's very exciting. I mean, we haven't had this much excitement, not even the cliff years where we this yeah. excited. Um, and so it's bringing us back to like Mike Leach late two thousands days of how excited we are for a football team to come out and show out. And then, I mean, we've mentioned basketball a little bit. Um, it's, 
we're one of the toughest places to play. I mean, we had a first year head coach last year and we went 18 and 0 at home, sold out every game with about 15,000 people there every time and hits nuts. And like Brooke said, the bas- baseball team has a waiting list, but basketball's had a waiting list for about four years now. Wow. Yeah. And people can't even get into that place. We jumped in about six years ago, right before we made a big run. And we could literally pick any seat we wanted at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you got some and, guys uh, by the bar. <laughs> so, yeah, we picked a little closer to the bar area than, than we could have gotten lower down. But, I mean, we're one of the hardest basketball places to play. And it doesn't matter if it's a weekend game or a Tuesday or Wednesday night game. These students don't care. Brooks drives an hour in for a lot of conference games to see these on weeknights. I mean, we don't care who it is, when it is. Um, basketball will show up for every game, no matter what and where. Yeah, I would say f- the thing to fear about us is we have a incredibly passionate fan base that is just ready for some football success. Like, you've seen our fan Very. base in basketball. You've seen it in baseball. Like, yeah, coming to the, the United Supermarkets Arena is to be feared. Like, that is a crazy environment. It's loud as hell. And you think you're in that game, and the next thing you know, we're up by 20, and it's over, and we're playing <laughs> swag surfing, and the whole crowd is swag surfing and all of that. And we're just waiting for that experience in football. You know, we just yeah. are waiting for it, and we believe that Joey McGuire is the guy to do it. You've got the donors are back. They're putting incredible – amounts of money into that program to renovate it to make it one of the top facilities in the country to get kids to come out and play football here so we're just waiting for those wins to start to come and once those wins will come that 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 stadium is going to be filled to the brim with people we're going to be crazy there's going to be more tortillas thrown than ever uh and it's just going to be an incredible experience once we get that thing going We've just had trouble getting it going. And so hopefully Joey McGuire is the guy to do that. And if, if it is, then we're going to be, you know, one of those teams that's going to be able to compete at the top of the Big 12 every year. And it's going to be a fun place to come for everybody, I believe. Yeah. I love his energy, man. Like, yeah. it's, oh, opening, he's, it's just crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like yelling at all the people there. Like, that was that was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, like you said, the basketball arena, like, is just – absolutely just nuts and it's just like something cool just to like you know have that now as like a a conference rival but um I I was just really like just curious like who's the fan base that y'all like to pick on the most just like because obviously Texas is an easy one just because it's Texas but who's our who who should we start picking on as like our easy target uh once we enter the big 12 oh man are we talking about like who's staying around in the big 12 or yeah yeah, yeah. like because we, we'll pick on texas and oklahoma with you all the time like we don't even have to we're not even in and we're yeah just like, that's a given um i, I have man. mine i mean i think baylor yeah, they they're kind of yeah they've been very relevant for the last 10 years in football and basketball but before that they were absolute dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> like they were putting tarps on the upper deck of their stadium to cover seats that never got sold out like they were yeah. horrible. They were on the same level as Kansas for the longest time in football. And so they think they're super all high and mighty. Um, and really they've just been relevant for about 10 years. And so that's who I would say, I mean, go with them, go for their jugular. <laughs> yeah. I would say them. Um, I mean, Iowa state's cool. Like we kind of get along with their fan base. They have some fun people that are, uh, you know, you can interact with uh, Oklahoma state. 
you know, that, that's, an, that's, that could be a fun one to prod at uh, West Virginia, definitely. And y'all already know that. So I, I think they're a fun one to kind of mess around with, but you know, really other than that, like TCU doesn't have a whole lot of fans to begin with. So that's kind of when the cactus yeah. thing took over. It just became about tech because there yeah. wasn't really TCU people to chirp back, you know? So, um, you know, that's, it's definitely Texas. Like they're above and beyond like any team that we care about talking shit about. Um, but the teams that'll stay, it'll definitely be Oklahoma state and Baylor kind of at the top of the list for me uh, amongst those, you know, the, the remaining eight uh, other than that, um, you know, Kansas state's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like Kansas basketball, you can't really fight with. Cause they're just like, well, look at all these teams. Yeah. Like, all right, yeah, That's one thing. <laughs> so like, some of these, you just couldn't, know your place yeah. a little bit well that's a, yeah one yeah, thing i was gonna just... say with uh it to give you guys an answer kind of for the same question just light ucf up if you ever get the chance yeah ucf specifically like yeah. it's just so funny because all of their fans are so like just angry and desperate for attention and i think now that they're kind of been out of the spotlight for a minute like they're just they're clawing for anything so they will chime back real fast um but i'd say too like if there's one thing that we always make fun byu we really can't speak on but like houston houston's got a great basketball program that really like it's gonna really add to the big 12 their can't their fans do not give a shit (laughs) they're they have like two thousand. i remember we watched what was it we watched the conference championship game it was in houston and they had like two thousand people there, or the game to clinch the conference championship. Like two thousand people in that stadium. Nobody shows up for Houston basketball, and it's honestly sad for a program that does so well year over year. Like, I mean, Kelvin Sampson has done such a great job with that program, and it just—I feel bad for the team because the fan base doesn't support them. So that's another one that I like to pick up. <laughs> It's kind of talk like y'all talked about when y'all were talking about the fan base of Cincinnati. There's a lot to do, right? Houston's got the Astros, and True. since they've been really good the last several years, they draw a lot of attention. There's the Rockets, there's the uh, the Houston Texans, and so I think that draws a lot of their attention. But yeah, when we had the Houston podcast on, they basically were just like, "Yeah, our fans just they just don't really care." But when there is a big game, they'll show up for it. But other than that, they just you know, there's a lot going on there for whatever reason. Houston, Houston is also a very centralized for like other alumni yeah. bases to be yeah. like Texas tech has a huge alumni base in Houston. And so like when we play games down there, you know, these last few years, like we get a lot of attendance on our end, you know, not their end, but it's just the other team that has to bring them in uh, for that. So. Yeah. Y'all were the only team to beat them last year yeah. before, uh, before, God, thank before God we, <laughs> we got worse as after that game. It's like always been the best part is like Houston's trying really hard to get on our level, but we've been terrible at football over the last 10 years. And we're still, we like, still beat them every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, that kind of worries me about like, you know, the big 12, right. just because like they were pretty good, held their own against UC last year, but like, you know, y'all took care of them and like, what what would you finish at in the regular season last year? Were six you six and six, and six yeah. or five and seven? Six and six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like the talent is definitely have we have talent, but I don't know. It's just like I think a lot of UC fans are kind of like you know we'll be able to compete. We we should be able to get to to eight or nine wins. And I'm like, I I mean I don't know. It's just like I have that 
voice in the back of my head that's like, all right, just slow down, calm down. This like, see how it goes first before you go start talking yeah. shit. And it's the depth that's the thing. Like, we've had even in the past, you know, eight nine years, and Cliff teams on these other teams, like we've had some superstars on offense and defense. And I mean, you just don't have the depth once you get to the third quarter or the fourth quarter and like those critical third downs, you got guys that are gassed and now they're just getting ran over because you don't have backups that can fill in for them earlier. And like, that's the problem for a lot of teams. Like they have good starting depth, but then after that, it's wipes them out. Oh, sorry, Justin. It just reminds me of the great clip of that one guy from media days, just asking Cliff, like, why, why can't yeah, you yeah. get any defensive players? Like, I, I love that that guy was just in the crowd somehow asking me. He had defensive players. They just couldn't stop him. Like, we had some of our best linebackers ever. Yeah. Like, Jordan Brooks was here. He's now leading the Seahawks in tackles. We had uh, Dakota Allen, who was here. He was a great linebacker. Like, we had some really good players. And it was just part of it was coaching <laughs> staff with Cliff. Yeah. And it was, like, on. one good player. <laughs> And he just cared so much. Yeah, don't get us started on Cliff. We're like the only we're like the only tech podcast that yeah. like still shits on him. <laughs> um, but everybody else still kind of loves him. But you know, uh, well, guys, we have appreciated y'all's time. So before we get y'all out of here, Justin, do you want to you know give y'all's podcast and where people can find you? And then Steve, you said you have this uh, uniform thing. So shout out all y'all social medias where people can find y'all if they want to. Uh, kind of get to know the Cincinnati fan base a little bit better here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter. Uh, it's at Viva La Cats Pod. Um, pretty straightforward with that. Uh, we're not really on Instagram, mainly just on Twitter is where we reside, but uh, Spotify yeah. and Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, that's where we generally uh, put up all of that. So um, that's really where you can find us. And then if you're looking for our personals, I'm Justin and Steve. You can find that in our bio. Go check it out there too. Yeah, um, I it's called at UC Uniforms, and like I just try to just it's just a, like a little hobby of mine, and just try to like put out like, all right, here's what we're wearing right. this weekend. Here's what we've done in that combo. A lot of people hate our white helmets. They think we never play well in them. Uh, that's a like so like that 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 was like no. I I made a graph on Excel last year. I was like no, we do okay. We <laughs> score like twenty eight points. We're fine. Um, so. Like, yeah, just at UC Uniforms on Twitter and Instagram. We have that same kind of thing with gray jerseys. We have, like, these gray jerseys where we're wearing basketball, and every time we wear them, everybody's like, oh, fuck, we're going to lose this game. <laughs> it's the gray jerseys. <laughs> hey, speaking of, <laughs> of white helmets, how do y'all feel about the Bengals alternate uniforms and white helmets? I think they're freaking sick. They're Ooh. awesome. Icy. Crispy. Icy. Crispy. They are beautiful. I, I was talking yeah we've been at the end of this episode I talked about it but the the Bears really are the only team that screwed it up with their oh, orange yeah. so yeah. bad yeah. Uh, so bad it's that was gross that was gross like and the worst part like and you guys oh no I was just gonna say like you guys like to crap on OS like Oklahoma State so much but like that's one thing we're gonna have to get used to because there's so many OSU in the Northwest is like Oregon right. State OSU and the you know uh, middle of America is Oklahoma State, and then Ohio around State. us it's Ohio State. But regardless, yeah. like you guys like to crap on them so much, but at least they right. do orange justice. Like you, I looked at the Bears uniforms, and I'm like, my God, man, those are just beautiful. Putrid. Yeah, 
We yeah. said, you know, I feel just bad because you were able to do an alternate jersey doesn't mean you had to do an alternate jersey, and they should have they should have just sat that one yeah. out. You're <laughs> nah, nah, good on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the, the like those just those <laughs> just annoy me so much. Like you didn't have to do this. Just just don't do it. Or like the black ones, like the Jets and the Saints have. Like you you don't really need a black helmet. Like Ooh. I don't know. Just do yeah. you really need one? I think some of the blacks are cool though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like. I like the, yeah. I do like the Saints one, but I'm like, y'all don't need it. Like y'all got a great helmet already. Like, I know that, that yeah. gold. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. But I mean, like the the Jets one was good. The Texans red helmet was like that one was awesome. Yeah, I really like that. One. That was pretty clean. Yeah, some of these teams did a pretty good job with them. So um, yeah, we we'll probably like rank them at some point on the pod <laughs> just for just for fun, but. Listen, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. I'll, I'll respond to you and let you know oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from a Jersey <laughs> expert himself. <laughs> well, guys, it's been real fun yeah. getting to talk to y'all. We appreciate y'all coming on, teaching us about Cincinnati. Like we said at the very beginning, kind of a university we're not super familiar with, but we're looking forward to you guys joining the Big 12 next season uh, and just kind of continuing this uh, friendly rivalry with you guys. So appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, no problem, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, just let us know. Uh, yes. Like, if you ever come on out, we'll hit you up and uh, get you get you set up at, the, yeah. at the right tailgate. Hell yeah, I got to try oh, some Skyline sure. Chili. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Just try. Don't just oh, don't go easy on it either. You gotta you gotta like commit to it. Hey, I'm all about like experiences and stuff <laughs> right. like that. So like there there'll be no hesitation yeah. for me whatsoever. <laughs> oh. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, of course. Well, that was a fun interview with Viva La Cats. Enjoyed getting to learn everything we did there about Cincinnati uh, and them joining the Big 12 in 2023. Uh, But we have some other Texas Tech news to discuss before we get you guys out of here this week. Uh, Kind of Texas Tech related. The Air Raiders TBT basketball team, they played over the weekend. Of course, uh, this was a team that was Uh, filled with a lot of Red Raiders that we've grown accustomed to loving here and watching and enjoyed their minutes when they played at Texas Tech and then was also surrounded by some uh, new faces that we weren't necessarily familiar with to fill this Air Raiders basketball team. But they went into Wichita over the weekend, uh, got a win on Friday against the B1 Ballers. Dustin, um, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about uh, from the one victory over the weekend where they had to pull it out by a Davion Warren free throw at the very end of the game to escape with that victory. Yeah, this weekend was fun to watch some summertime tech alumni basketball. You know, we've had guys here and there, but never a full on squad. So it was cool to have a coach and players from our, you know, university that used to play for us. And Davion Warren, he showed up, that's for damn sure. I mean, he put on that red and black again, and he went off. And I'll let you talk about the other guy because I know you're a big fan of our other leading scorer. But Davion in game one put up 32 and had our last two buckets of the game when we were kind of struggling. He put in a monster dunk and then got fouled, taking it to the basket again. And I was very nervous with a game tech game on the line with two free throws. Uh, Davion's about a 70-ish percent free throw shooter and that's what he was on in that game so it wasn't a certainty that he would hit those and luckily he did he drained him he got us to that 90 point uh even ending mark but 
all game he was just dominating, didn't doing whatever he wanted. Um, some, some of the similar things that we saw him do in that last month playing for Tech, and he was hitting it from all three levels, taking it to the basket, mid range. He was pulling up from three if he wanted to, and obviously playing great defense. He took a charge very first play of the game. Like he didn't lose any of that over the last couple months either. So he brought the defensive intensity and upped it on offense too. But uh, I'll kick it over to you for our other new Red Raider that we have adopted. Yeah, Chandre Jones. Welcome to the family, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> guy that I'd never really heard of came in and Richmond brought guy. 32 points on the B1 ballers was just lights out, hitting uh, tough shots, having crazy moves, getting to the basket. Uh, so it was really fun to watch him. Uh, he was a point guard. Uh, emphasis on the points because he was able to get you 32 yes. of them and so it was like it was really cool to watch him and Davion just kind of take turns going at it because they were kind of all in their bag they were able to score at the basket from mid-range and from afar so uh welcome to the red raider family chandre like uh, uh i hope you like it here i hope we get to see you on future air raider tbt teams uh, yeah he, he can really stay fun. yeah yeah, he can we'll, stay. I also want to say that first game would like kind of other guy that stood out. You know, we only had a few, few guys score here and there, but it was Tariq Owens' block party all over again, is. like we were used to back in the Final Four run. I mean, he had a block very first play of the game, like first drive for them, and they only credited him with three, but I'm pretty sure he had at least about five. Yeah, he had three uh, in the first freaking quarter. And, and I think after the first like two, they were very scared, and it, he he adjusted a lot of shots. <laughs> from then on out uh, do you have anything else from game one i still want to talk about game two a little no, bit. i don't really have anything else for game one uh oh hold on one more game one thing oh their coach i was just really glad to beat this b1 team because of their coach yeah <laughs> their players were just a, a mixed bag a group of dudes um you know a bunch of small school guys but their coach if you watch this game was a very out of shape coach i'll just say leave it at that <laughs> who was sweating his ass off on the sideline also wearing a flat bill hat promoting his his a uh, vitamin company <laughs> and clearly needs more whenever they would do the side by sides of the coaches and timeouts you know luke adams props to him for both games i thought he coached really well this weekend uh, he's drawing up plays hey if we get this screen pass boom we should get a layup uh, he's drawing up plays this other B1 coach, he's just like trying to be a raw, raw guy. Like, woo, like, what are we doing? Rebound. Yeah, he was like, if you let a Twitter profile coach a basketball game, yeah, kind of what uh, I describe him as. Like, yeah, a little hefty, doesn't really know what's going on, just kind of yeah. there, sweating his ass off, sweating more than the players. And overreacting to everything just because uh, he didn't know what was really going on. Acting like Always a fan over there with his hat. Like, he's I was like, what's once B1 made that drastic comeback in the end, you know, they were just hitting everything. I was just like, I don't even care about the players. It's like, I don't want to lose this coach. Like, yeah, Luke Adams doesn't deserve that. <laughs> but they got by thanks to Davion's free throw and his really good performance in that first game. And then they played the host team, uh, Wichita, the Aftershocks. And that is where our run came to an end. Aftershock getting the victory there. We were in it for the majority of the game, just kind of, uh, got cold at the end, and Wichita was able to yeah. get a lot of baskets and find a way to ultimately get to that target score. Uh, 
before we did. I think they won 90 to 80 in that game. So send us home. 70 to 60. 70, 70 to 60. What? 70 to 60. Wow. Yep. I was totally off on that score. <laughs> um, I knew it was a 10 point game, but yeah. So uh, the air Raiders journey ended there. It was fun to get to watch these guys, especially, you know, guys we got to watch in a Texas tech uniform uh, kind of represent the double T again. Again, Davion had another really good game, led you in scoring, was able to score at all levels once again. Really, for me, my big takeaway was just kind of a bummed out that we didn't get to see this version of Davion more during their season because he just looked like he was totally in control. And now I'm not comparing like these B1 ballers and Aftershock guys aren't, aren't compared to the competition we're facing uh, in the Big 12, but he just looked real in control, was getting to all of his spots, knocking down all sorts of shots. Yeah. And then on top of that, you add in the defense that he built over this last year at Texas Tech. Uh, he was just really fun to watch this weekend. And this was a guy who wasn't even supposed to play uh, in it until like yeah, he true. back out. So he ended up taking that spot and ends up being probably your best player. Uh, do you have any other things you wanted to shout out before we wrap up the TBT tournament? Yeah, Shondre had another 16. But I, I really felt in this game, like besides Davion and Chandre, that Parker Hicks gave you a lot of really good minutes this game. Yeah. Um, he was kind of that sixth man off the bench, you know, with Tariq and the rest of the guys. But you you ever couldn't really find like a fifth guy on the floor through both of these games, and he really gave you that. Um, defense was obviously all there. I mean, he spent a little time at Tech under Mark Adams and then at LCU being – D2 player of the year last year, and it showed he hit some shots, played great defense. Uh, he filled in really well for you, so I hope he, he's able to come back also from you. Um, yeah, did, did, more you for the, you, did more for you than the guy who had more points per game than everybody yeah. in college basketball last year in Peter Kiss, who was really just uh, – I did there. write that down. He uh, was very disappointing being the you know D1 scorer of the year last year. And he passed up some shots, missed some layups, and like, and then we barely played him in game two because Parker kind of emerged and took his spot. So that was kind of disappointing. And I don't know if it was just didn't have the chemistry or I don't know what his deal was, but maybe if he comes back next year, he fixes that. But we'll see. Um, I want to ask you, did you see the post-game interview with Davion and, and Luke? Uh, yes, the one where they were talking about how Lubbock would sell out. Yeah, if they, yeah I totally agree. So they asked, they go and Luke after the game, you know, what do y'all think if TBT came to Lubbock and Lubbock, Texas Tech hosted? And Davion's immediate reaction was, they don't want that. And <laughs> we'd win it all. They don't want that. Um, Luke had a very more professional answer, obviously. But uh, he was like, yeah, we would have an amazing crowd and atmosphere. Oh, we'd yeah. have a good chance to probably sell out the bottom bowl of that, oh, I'd be there. that arena. I would have been there for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, Lovick would have a great atmosphere and time for that if you get the Raiders over here next year. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And it seems like there's already kind of a movement building on that. I saw like TBT tweeting out those things. And so uh, who knows? Maybe there is a future where the TBT tournament comes to Lovick now that we have ourselves uh, what looks like a squad that's going to be uh, competing in this thing every single year. But like we said, fun to get to watch them play a couple games. Uh, was good to see Tariq, Davion, uh, even guy like Parker Hicks come out there. Zach Smith, Justin Gray, uh, any other Red Raiders that uh, Naeem, Naeem, Naeem still 
Naeem put in some minutes. Naeem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> same Moving guy on. that I remember. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really fun uh, to get to watch that. Unfortunately, they uh, got knocked off by the aftershock, but enjoyed watching those games. Uh, but before we get out of here, Dustin, do you have anything uh, for a final shot this week? I do have a final shot. It actually is NFL related. You know, we just mentioned we're not doing a whole podcast on NFL and base, uh, basketball stuff anymore, but NFL helmets are the big thing this offseason. Everybody reported to training camps and all that. You know, Kyler Murray got his big deal, so him and Cliff can figure their stuff out now. But there's 14 teams that get to do alternate NFL helmets or chose to do that for this year. Um, a lot of them are really good, really cool. Some teams went like an alternate black. Um, the Cowboys went with the old school white that they've done before on some Thanksgivings. Um, the Texans went with a really cool alternate red with their logo. And then here come the Bears to mess it up. And they went with this ugly orange helmet with orange jerseys. They look like the Illinois Fighting Illini, which does not scream football, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm just very – I was, like, very excited for almost, pretty much everybody, you know, releasing these. And then it's like, oh, Bears, what, what are you doing? No. Just because you have the opportunity doesn't mean you have to do it. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Just, uh, just pass up and try again next year. <laughs> so my final shot for this week will be a shout out to Red Raider legend Danny Amendola, who after 13 years in the NFL, two Super Bowl championships with the New England Patriots, is retiring. Uh, his Texas Tech stats, he amassed 2,246 receiving yards, had 15 touchdowns, uh, and one punt return for a touchdown during his Texas Tech career. Dustin, uh, what are your th memories of Texas Tech Danny Amendola and kind of any thoughts you have on his, you know, NFL career? Yeah, I was here when he was playing, and it was really cool to watch him play. I mean, he's had to follow up Wes Welker twice yeah. in his career as a college yeah. athlete and then as a New England Patriots. Patriot and fill in the role of the slot receiver for both those teams. But it was also cool, like, to hear our whole stadium at Tech when he went back for a punt return, just chant, Danny, Danny, Danny. Because he was pretty yeah. electric. I mean, even when he didn't return one, he used to pull the uh, now illegal uh, fake catch and go run the dude over that wasn't paying attention. So that was kind of fun to watch too. But he was pretty electric little little white dude to watch out there. Yeah, like you said, he had to fill the role of Wes Welker right after Wes had left. And that was huge shoes to fill because Wes Welker, all-time great for Texas Tech. And then, you know, he came in as that small little white guy slot receiver that Leach loved to use and had high expectations, but filled in that role pretty nicely and had a really nice NFL career, got himself a couple Super Bowl rings, and not only got those rings, but actually was very, you know, productive in those games, coming up with huge, huge. plays. And so, um, you know, one of my all-time favorite Red Raiders to watch, one of my all-time favorite NFL players to watch, as I always just love supporting Texas Tech guys in, in the league. And so getting to watch him over the last 13 years uh, has been fun. So congrats to him on a great career. And, you know, really just enjoyed it. So with all that said, Dustin, got anything else to shout out this week? No, I think I hit everything I wanted to, man. All right. So that'll do it for the first tailgate as a part of Guns Up Nation. Once again, we're Ooh. really excited to be joining them. 
Uh, can't wait to see what happens with us uh, through this partnership with them. And then just can't wait to see what happens with Guns Up Nation and everything they've got envisioned uh, for this. So to catch all of that, you got to make sure you're following us. You got to make sure you're following us on Apple and Spotify. Rate us, review us, all of that good stuff. Also follow us on social media. Follow our Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. It's where we do most of our posting and interacting on social media, but we do have a Facebook and Instagram to follow as well. And also make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Been posting out uh, some really good videos on there, getting a lot of likes and comments and stuff. So make sure you're following us uh, on the YouTube. But that is it for this week's tailgate. As always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.